Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Tonight I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, forward by Don Piper. Near death experiences God's promises and the exhilarating future that awaits you. Let's get started with Uniquely Loved. When Dr. George Ritchie had his life review, this matter became evident. Every detail of 20 years of living was there to be looked at. The good, the bad, the high points, the run of the mill. And with all this all-inclusive view came a question. It was implicit in every scene and like the scenes themselves seemed to proceed from the living light beside me. What did you do with your life? It was obviously not a question in the sense that he was seeking information for what I had done with my life was in plain view. Hadn't I ever gone beyond my own immediate interests, done anything other people would recognize as valuable? At last, I located it. The proudest moment of my life, I became an Eagle Scout. Again, Words seemed to emanate from the presence beside me that glorified you. I saw myself walking forward at a church service at age 11, asking Jesus to be Lord of my life. But I saw how quickly that first excitement turned into a dull routine of church on Sunday. I started to point out my prim courses, how I was going to be a doctor and help people. But visible alongside the classroom scenes was the Cadillac car and that private airplane. Thoughts as observable as actions in all pervading light. And all at once, rage at the question itself built up in me. It wasn't fair. Of course I had not done anything with my life. I had not had time. How could you judge a person who had not started? The answering thought, however, held no trace of judgment. Death, the word was infinitely loving, can come at any age. George thought about the insurance policy he had just taken out with the military, guaranteeing him money at the age of 70. Before he could pull the thought back, it was out in the open. If he wondered if the Lord had a sense of humor... Now he found out. (laughs) The brightness seemed to vibrate and shimmer with a kind of holy laughter. (laughs) Not at me and my silliness, not a mocking laughter, but a mirth that seemed to say that in spite of all error and tragedy, joy was more lasting still. And in the ecstasy of the laughter, I realized that it was I who was judging events around us so harshly. It was I who saw them as trivial, self-centered, unimportant. No such condemnation came from the glory shining around me. He was not blaming or reproaching. He was simply loving me, filling the world with himself and yet somehow attending to me personally. What have you done with your life to show me? Already I understood that in my first frantic efforts to come up with 
an impressive answer. I had missed the point altogether. He was not asking about the accomplishments and awards. The question, like everything else proceeding from him, had to do with love. How much have you loved with your life? Have you loved others as I am loving you? Totally? Unconditionally? God never intended you to base your identity on accomplishments or performing. And you know, in the Bible, that is the number one commandment. Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, 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 love. If you're not loving, try to love. (laughs) And if you're hurt, talk to somebody so you can get through whatever you need to get through to enjoy your life and give love and receive love. No one knows what you were created to do and be except your creator. Look what God says about your true identity. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, God made you for himself, not to prove your glory, but to be his glory, his pride and joy, his beloved son or daughter. He, What he wants you to do is learn to be secure in his love and who he made you to be. And from that place of security, you can do what he created you to do. And first and foremost, this is to love those you uniquely can love. Paul explained, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Heaven will be that place where you realize how uniquely loved you are. He doesn't want you to wait until heaven to realize this. And that is so true. Boy, does he love us and want to provide for us and to give us the best. And a lot of people, they don't believe they can ask God for that. But he wants you to. He knows my name. Dr. Richard Eby, who plunged two stories headfirst to the cement sidewalk below, recounts how personal... The experience of life was following his death. I was dead on impact. Instantly with a thud, I arrived at a place that was so ecstatically loaded with love. I knew it was heaven. I looked to see what I landed on. My feet were the same size and shape. I recognized myself by the conformity to my earthly self. Suddenly, I had a mind that thought with a speed incomputable on earth. The first time I heard the Lord's voice, he said, Dick, you're dead. Though I heard the voice within me that he called me by my name, showed me the intimacy he has with my existence, I asked, why did you call me Dick? It was a name used only by close friends and family. He said, When I died for you on that cross, it was a most intimate thing. After 10 hours, 
as a bloodless, lifeless corpse, Richard miraculously revived, but he never forgot how personally he is known and loved. Think about it. We all want to make a name for ourselves, but why? We want our lives to count, to matter, to be worth something. Yet, apart from God, your name will not be remembered. Try something quickly. What are the names of your great-grandmother and your great-grandfather? Great-great-grandmother or grandfather? Most of us don't know. That's only three or four generations removed from us, and we owe them our lives. Yet, they've already been forgotten. Even if they've been remembered, most names will be forgotten within a hundred years and all will be forgotten eventually. Yet we all want to be remembered. Wise King Solomon said it's because God has set eternity in the human heart. Ecclesiastics 3.11 We want our lives to count. We want to be remembered. We want a name that will last because God made us for himself for eternity. Jesus taught that God the Father wants us to live in the security of knowing how valuable we are to him. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Matthew ten twenty nine. God knows you better than you know yourself. But you don't know how many hairs you have on your head, <laughs> do you? <laughs> he also knows how valuable you are. Everything about him is love. Yes, love for you. And it seemed as if the love is only for you. Dean reminisced after his near-death experience. Yet you know in yourself that he loves all. But the love for you is so personal, it seems as if it's only for you. You know he has cared for you forever and will continue to care for you forever. If there's anybody out there by themselves and you don't have anybody and there are some people like that, call out to God because he does love you and he'll bring wonderful, wonderful people in your life. He loves his children and he will take care of his children. Okay, back to the story. No one else has the right or ability to say what you're worth except the one who created you. He alone knows your name in the book of Revelation, Jesus says. To everyone who is victorious, I will give to each one a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Revelation 2.17 the promise of heaven is that one day you will truly know who you were created to be. To God, you are already one of a kind. No one else can have the unique relationship with God that he created you to have. Imagine in heaven when you finally realize how special you are to the most important being in the universe. Gary Wood, who died in the car accident said, a radiant, beautiful light came from him. When he looked at me, his eyes pierced me. They went all the way through me, just pure love. His words came as the same sound as the water flowing over Niagara Falls. 
Tell people they are special and unique, each one. God made every one of his children to have a divine purpose, which only they can accomplish in the earth. And for you people out there who have been hurt, deaths, divorces, whatever the case may be, and you're angry at God, just remember that Satan is going to try to pull you away from God. He's going to tell you lies. He's going to make you think things are seem to be one way when it's really another way. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't do it. Anytime negative thoughts or anything come in your mind about God, you need to stop them immediately. God loves you. He has a purpose for you. Satan does not want you to fulfill your purpose in life. I have been through so much in my life. I can't even believe I'm still living. I've been through a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot, 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 lot. And God is now using it for me to share with people. So no matter what the situation is, he loves you. He has a purpose. He will turn all of this pain into joy and happiness. All you have to do is quit thinking negatively about the situation. Praise God. Thank him for it. And watch him work. Back to the book. A Unique Purpose. We don't feel fully known, understood, or valued by others or even ourselves. That's why we labor to prove ourselves, get people to notice us, make a name for ourselves, or try to be someone else. Imagine how in heaven all this gets replaced with an unbelievable clarity of who God created you to be. Fully yourself, fully unique, for a unique relationship with your creator. We won't lose our earthly identity. It will finally be known to us fully. We won't lose our humor, our unique personality, our unique look, or our emotions, or our history and memories. We will finally be ourselves fully. We will be all this without all the confusion and wounds and lies that clouded our true identity. He alone knows who he created you to be. He also knows what a successful life uniquely means for you, not compared to others, compared to what he had in his mind before he created anything. I believe the reason people have near-death experiences say, I feel like I'd been here before, or I feel like I had always existed, is because you did exist in the mind of God eternally. In heaven, we get clarity on who he intended, intended us to be before we were born. Knowing how God sees you sets you free to accomplish things God created you to accomplish. It sets you free to use your unique gifts, time, and resources to make an impact that lasts for eternity. Not to prove you're worth something, but because you're worth everything to God. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God, for we are God's masterpiece. 
he has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are his masterpiece, his one-of-a-kind work of art, but we're all damaged masterpieces in need of restoration. He wants everyone to receive his gift of salvation, being set right with God. When you know you're right with God, not because of what you have or have not done, but because of what God has done for you, then you don't need to prove your identity. Then you're free to accomplish the things God planned for you before you were born. People having a near-death experience get a clear message. God has a purpose for you still. A man in Dr. Long's Bible study wrote that he didn't want to return to his earthly life, but was told by a man in the light that he had not yet completed what he had to do in his life. Subsequently, he returned to his body with a sudden lurch. A 13-year-old girl who died in surgery recalls, I heard a voice that seemed soft, yet authoritative, tell me, my child, go back, for you have much work left to do. I was instantly black, back in my body, instantly. While recovering from my surgery, Mark's weakened heart stopped. As the doctors worked feverishly to bring him back, Mark took a journey down the most beautiful road I have ever seen, one that took him through a mountain paradise. Mark began to hear a voice that seemed to be from nowhere yet everywhere. Mark, you must go back. Go back? No, no, I can't go back. Again, the voice said, you must return. I have given you a task you have not finished. No, no, please, God, no, please let me stay. The voice of the supreme being seemed to emanate from nowhere, but at the same time from everywhere. Well, I will see everybody next week and we will talk about what's my unique purpose. God bless.